guess they want me to preach out of one, right? It always helps when you do. <laughs> Praise the Lord. It is good to be here today. Amen. And already in this service, there has been a tremendous avenue that's already laid before us that brings us into the presence of God, into our answer and what it is that we need from God. I'm not a, a magical miracle like because I stepped in, boom, now it's time. No, we've already been here. God's presence is already here. And so, you know, won't you stand one more time before we uh, go any farther? And, you know, I know we have prayed, and I just want us to reach out to Him once again, because God is so very near. As I said, this avenue is here. So if we could, can we just kind of honor Him once more? God, thank you for this time of being in the presence of the living God. Today, you are here. You're here for purpose. You're here for a church, a body of great people and a believer. I thank you today, Lord, for this group of people. In Jesus' name, open up our hearts and our minds and make us receptive to receive from the word of the Lord. And we give you praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Would you take your Bible, if you would, and I want us to turn to the book of Psalms. We have a photographer here today. I hope I don't break her camera. And uh, bless her dear heart. So, Brother uh, Michael Warburton, he's the celebrity. He would be the one that you'd want to take pictures of. So, can I walk with this if we need to? Should I put this down or should I just pick this one up? What if I use both? So, I can walk with this and just as well. Okay, I'm a walker sometimes. So, let's turn in the book of Psalms, chapter 55. And uh, I want to read a passage of Scripture here. This message that I, that I want to communicate today, I don't know if it'll be in the form of a preach or a teach or somewhere in between. I, I'm really not sure. But this, this message, the Lord gave me like in 1994, and I've preached it about three times since then. But I have preached it more than that to myself because this message is mine. This message is for me today. And so I want you to grasp something today from this. And I believe that God will, if we will open up our mind and, and reach out to him, I do believe that God has something for us. So in Psalms chapter 55, uh, I want you to hear the tone of David as he is communicating this, this uh, heading above this passage and starting in verse one, it says, overwhelmed by trouble. And that is the tone of these one through seven, the verses that I'm going to read. And I want you to hear what uh, David is saying. Give ear to my prayer, O God, and hide not thyself from my supplication. Attend unto me and hear me. I mourn in my complaint and make a noise. Because of the voice of the enemy, because of the oppression of the wicked, for they cast iniquity upon me, and in, in wrath they hate me. Can you hear the disturbance? Can you hear the, the feeling that, that David is feeling here? He said, my heart is sore, pained within me, and the terrors of death are falling upon me. Fearfulness and trembling are come upon me, and horror hath overwhelmed me. And I said, oh, that I had the wings like a dove. For then would I fly away and be at rest. Have you ever felt like sometimes I could just flap my wings and just fly away? Huh? 
If I could secure a cabin up in Montana somewhere in a mountain region where I can look and there's a bubbling brook and a nice breeze and I can look and see the antelope play, I think, man, and these where they don't work. Hello, this is Rachel from Card Services. And I'm like, Rachel, I have heard you all. Why? You know, yeah, if we could just fly away. You know, that's, that's a common feeling we have, right? He said, and then, lo, then would I wander far off and remain in the wilderness. I wouldn't come back, y'all. <laughs> I'd be gone. I'd be gone. I remember as a child, you can be seated, all right? So I remember as a young kid, a little bitty thing, and I'm about four, five years old. Becky, my sister here, and Sheila, my oldest sister, they purely made me mad. I was done, and I was running away. I'm gone. I'm leaving this place. They had the obligation and responsibility of babysitting me or taking care of me, and, but I was gone. And so I grabbed my wagon, and I grabbed my teddy bear, and off the side of that, that our, our uh, uh, property, our home, was just a little small house and another one sitting over there that was just like it. And the, it was like a two-tier situation like this and a retaining wall. And I remember going off the side of that with that wagon and bouncing that teddy bear and going down and I walked and I walked and I walked and I walked forever. I mean, my stomach started growling. I mean, I was, I was gone forever, it seems like. And then I got over there and I sat down on a retaining wall n- n- over that way. And, but, but somewhere in the distance, I could hear my sister screaming now, You better not go far. Because mama, when she gets on, is going to whoop you. And uh, that's where I sat down right there because it struck me. You know, it really got my attention. Mama's going to whoop you. Anyway, some many years later, I'm driving with my son who's or yet so years old and 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 I was showing him that house court it's gone now and there's the other house over there and and I told him I all this story and he said well how far did you walk I said from right there to right over there there's the house and there's that other one right there you know but I'd walk for days but that's not what I'm talking about here I want to go far away I want to get out of sight I want to be where they can't find me and that's what the psalmist is saying here you see at this time where the passage of Scripture is, is uh, uh, where, where we, the time frame here, David is facing a conspiracy in his kingdom with Absalom, his son. There was turmoil, and, and it was a loss of support, and David was facing this time where there was a group of people that was against him, and they had, had uh, joined themselves to Absalom. And what can you do? It's not like this is an opposing force of another country or another place. I mean, this literally is his own son. And how can I destroy this? How can I squash this rebellion? Or how can I annihilate this people in my kingdom that is following my own son? And so here he is feeling all these things. And he says, if there's just some way I could just be like a dove and just fly away. Amen. And we are all familiar with that. When we read another passage of Scripture in Luke chapter 4, we find this is a point in time where Jesus is not really connecting 
with this group that, that he's obviously everywhere he has gone at this point, he is really making a great difference. But he comes back to his own home. And when he does, he, he goes down to the temple. And this was that day that the, the word of God burned in his hands. And he says, this day is this word revealed or this word is, is uh, 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 yeah, revealed in your sight, I think it says. Or, so th this, this day was so important. And at this portion or at this time of this where he's speaking to his own country or to his own people they felt that maybe because he was just the carpenter's son right or maybe he was just Jesus you know well my boys and him grew up together and and you know we're familiar with with him it was at this time that he sat down and and gave the book back right verse 23 and he said unto them Ye will surely say unto me this proverb, Physician, heal thyself. It was this feeling among all these people that were acquainted with the Word of God and they were acquainted with the, the temple or the, the house of God or they were acquainted with uh, even Jesus because they had heard of things going on. But now He's home. Now He's here among us. And there was that little... Uh, yeah, yeah. No, I know if I'm real receptive and he felt a little bit far off from them. He felt like maybe David felt or maybe like all of us feel from time to time when we are a little bit disconnected. And all of a sudden, Jesus gave a proverb. He says, physician, you've heard this proverb in essence, physician, heal thyself. You know, there are times that we can come to the house of God and we feel like, hey, I'm in the right place because tonight's my night. But yet there are times that we come and we say, these people don't even understand what I'm going through. I'm disconnected. Or maybe you, you, are, you know you've got that friend in your life. Or maybe it's a pastor. Maybe it's your spouse. Maybe it's that good friend that you, I can call them and they'll touch God for me. But then there's those times in your life, you know, I, don't, I don't have anybody to call. I don't have anybody at all. And you feel alone. It's those times that that proverb, physician, Heal thyself. Amen. My son, he's 27 or 28 or something of that, about that range. But when he was just a young thing, we were talking about things. And he, and he, in his bright way, said, Daddy, where does the doctor go to the doctor? And that hit me. Because we are so, as the church... We are constantly pouring out and we are giving of ourselves. And, and, you know, sometimes we are not feeling like we have anything to give. You know, and we come to church and we are among people that know us. Isn't that something? You feel, whoo, I feel good. I feel great. I feel like God's calling me to preach while I'm going to be a missionary. And they're saying, what? We just prayed you through again the 10th time last week. What are you talking about? You're going to go on a mission field you know they know you right and we are here among people that know maybe our inconsistency or they know the the things that we go through we are good people but we are real people we're not prophets i'm not a miracle worker do you understand what i'm saying we we are among those people and god has put us here to make a difference believe it or not god has put us here and we are to work with our brothers and our sisters and even more than that we are to make a difference to this world but sometimes we don't even feel like we have anything at all to offer because we want to run away 
I want to just go away. I want to push that button and disappear because the pressures are so great and pushing against us. At those times, I've got to find within me a healing source. It's at those times that I've got to be able to physician heal thyself. It's not a matter of calling that one or doing this. or No, it's saying, God, you have called me. You have chosen me and you have got to anoint me. You have got to help me. I've got to get in touch and in tune with the living God. This message today is a simple thought. And I will simply call it, I can. And these are four reasons why I know that I can. I've got in my family, this was years ago, but I had a, she's like a third or fourth cousin or some distant relative. And I knew Beverly. I knew her, her family. I knew their relationship. I knew their, her grandparent. And, and, and I, they were Bible-believing. They were apostolic people. And, and, and Beverly came to church. And I had not seen Beverly in such a long time. But she came to church. And, and I don't know what was going on in her mind or life at that time frame. But she came to the altar. Man, the altar call was given. She ran to the altar. And she had a little baby on her hip. And she just went down to this side right here. And she began to pray. And it wasn't long. Man, the Holy Ghost just came on her. And she did a top. You know, just woo, woo. And a round circle. And spun that little baby. And it was woo. And somebody rescued the baby up from being getting its neck broken. And, 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 and she just had a Holy Ghost time there. I mean, the Spirit of God filled her. And the church caught it too. I mean, they were well, you know, everybody was, woo, man, because God is doing this. And this lady, Beverly, and I have never seen Beverly again after all these years. I don't know if she's alive or dead. I, I have never seen her in the house of God ever again. And I've never seen her ever again in all these many, 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 many years. And as a young person, and I was just early teenager then, and I'm old now. That affected me. I said, I saw what God did right there, right? Clearly, I saw and I believe in the power of the Holy Ghost. I mean, we heard it today. What a fantastic lesson today. But, but I, I saw it right there, a display of what God can do. But yet there's something in the mind of a person that says, I can't make it. I just can't do it. I can't, I don't, I got too much pressure. I got, I can't, I just don't think I can. I want to tell you, I'm giving you four reasons why, four reasons why I know that I can. Number one, we have God's power. That in itself is enough. The presence of God that has been watching you before you were even born. God saw you from the beginning of time. He knows who you are. He knows your name. He knows every hair on your head. That living God has got the power to lift you up. The Bible says underneath are the everlasting arms of God. God is for us. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Put your hand on your chest and say, I I can do all things through Christ. Not because I am able. Not because I am powerful. Not because I'm special or spectacular or uh, 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 anointed or holy or anything. No, it's because God is able to do something in this human life. And He is able because we've allowed Him to. He strengthens me. The scripture in 1 Timothy 1 and 12, Paul is writing. He says, and I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who hath enabled me. 
And that he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. Here is a man who persecuted the church and and destroyed the lives of good people and separated moms and dads and destroyed homes and did all these things. And he said, the Lord hath enabled me, put me into the ministry. We've got to get a good look at our life and say, God, you have enabled me to do great and marvelous things. Brother Tackett, as I said, did a fine job, wonderful job this morning teaching the Word of God. But several times he talked about how how, uh, the ability or the potential that we have in in what God has done in our lives. We've got to get a good look at that, church. Is God real or no? Is He able or no? And we know that He is. We know that He will. And so if God is doing something in my life, it is obvious God sees potential in me. Psalms 119 and 165 says, Great peace have they that love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Did you know that when you are offended, it's because you don't love the Word of God? I I love my, my mindset. I love my agenda. I love my situation and surroundings that become real fluffy. And I like them the way I like them. And oh, yeah, this is cool. And when something ruffles that up, that upsets me, right? But if I love God's Word, I would have great peace and nothing would offend me. If you live long enough, there's going to be plenty come your way and you can be offended. But offense is a choice that I have to make. i got to say, well, I see what's happening. Yeah, maybe your devil's after you. I don't know, but I know God is for me. And the Bible says, if God is for me, who can be against me? Praise God. I trust Him. I believe in Him. 1 John 4 and 4 says, For you are of God, little children, and have overcome them. Being an overcomer is a powerful thing, church. You can look around and see a lot of destruction in the lives of people. But when God is giving you the ability to be an overcomer, you can say, this is a God thing. This is what God is doing. And He has made me an overcomer. Four and four. You have God, little children have overcome them. For greater is He that is in you than he that is in this world. Greater is He that is in you, the body of Christ, the church of the living God, the saints of the Most High God. Greater is He that is in you. Praise God. I have a grandmother that grew up in the family of the Masseys, and the Masseys were a wild bunch of, fam- of, of, uh, of uh, people. There was like nine kids, and, and they were all rounders, every one of these boys, boys and one girl, you know? Wild bunch. You know, we've done some historical discoveries and different things. My sister's into that. And yeah, but hey, a wild bunch. And so I guess the, the biggest family were the biggest brawling boys. They're the ones that are king of the mountain. Somebody pins you down and you, you know, I'm going to whoop you. Well, you better hope my brother so-and-so don't come get you. Well, I'm going to get my brother so-and-so. Yeah, but my brother so-and-so, he's bigger. And all of a sudden it's his brother comparing thing. You know, I'm going to get you. Well, I'm going to get you. Well, the one that's got the most brothers are going to wind up on top. If he gets here, boy, you're going to get, 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 get. Because my brother Mac or my brother Joseph or my brother. You understand what I'm saying? The Bible says greater is he that is in you. It's not a matter of when my greater one gets here. The greater one is already there. Hallelujah. It doesn't matter what you're going through. You can say greater is he. Not when he comes. He's already here. Hallelujah. Praise God. Romans 8, 31. For if God be for us, who can be against us? 
I know I can make it, church. I may go through the mental or the emotional or the physical down uh, things in life that bring us down, that destroy our continuity and destroy that relationship or destroy hurt and hurt you in some way, wound you in some way. But I want you to know if God be for us, who can be against us? There is no who. There is no force or no power or no enemy. There's no mindset that can be against you if God is for you. I can make it because I have the power of God. To me, that's the one thing that matters. Second thing, the Bible says, Hebrews chapter 12, 1 through 2, Wherefore, seeing we are compassed about with such a great cloud of witnesses. We have a great cloud of witnesses. We can kind of picture that being like a, 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 an arena full, a cloud full arena. All the way around you see these people. You're down here in the midst of the battle or you're in the fight, but there's this crowd of people. It'd be different than a football game or one of these that they're watching and they're saying, boy, if I was a quarterback, I know what I would do. But of course, they've never taken a hit. Well, if I was a coach, I guarantee you what I would do. You've never talked to a room full of uh, 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 football players or whatever the sport is, you see? It's so easy for some to make, oh, this is what I would do. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about a group of people that have been right where you are. They're not somewhere out there saying, well, I'll tell you what I would know. These are a crowd of people faithful and God is taking them on home and they're saying, you can make it too. You can make it too. Hallelujah. I made it and you can make it too. Why? Because they are a faithful witness. Praise God. Heard a story of a, a professor that once had, that was talking to his student. The student came in and said, professor, this this." book report that you've given us is too hard. What you're asking me is too hard to do. And the professor reaches down, pulls up a book, a big thick one, 450 pages, and lays it on top of the desk and says, pick that up. And the young man picks that up and starts looking. And he's like, okay, it's a book. He said the writer of that book was an invalid and typed that book with his pinky toes. Because he didn't have the ability to use his hands or his arms. Arms or hands. In essence, don't tell me this book report is too hard. You know, the thing is, the things that we face, we can say, oh, poor old me. But there's somebody else that's already gone through some circumstance very similar to you and even greater circumstances. You can make it. We have faithful witnesses that can make it. Hallelujah. Witnesses that have been through the fiery furnace. Witnesses that have been through the lion's den. Witnesses, witnesses that have sank in despair from time and cried out to the Lord. And Jesus would pick them up and allow them to walk upon water again. We're talking about faithful witnesses that God has relieved them and brought them into a paradise of sorts. And so we know, hey, if you did it, I can do it too. And that's what the Bible is implying. There are a cloud of witnesses that are around us and they are screaming out for you. You can make it. Praise God. The third point and the reason that I know that I can make it it's because I have the church of the living God. Amen. We have the church today. 
We have brothers and sisters that lift us up and take us to the throne of grace. The love of a church. Galatians 4.26 speaks of Jerusalem, which is from above, is free, the mother of us all. That relationship that happened, that was established, that experience that happened on the day of Pentecost, when the receiving of the presence and the church was born, that is a mother to us. It is birthing us. It is a spiritual birth. And that mothering ability is in the body of Christ today. Even in this room right now, the church of the living God. The love of the church is really amazing. I, I remember as a young person of nine years old when God filled me with the Holy Ghost. And the many, many months before that, the year, the long year. In fact, I was baptized in 70, uh, 76 and I received the Holy Ghost in May of 77. So for many months there, I had sought the Lord and wore out the saints of the Most High. But I remember a little lady, Sister Woodliffe, and she would gather around me. And every time I went to the altar, and I went a lot of times because I needed it. And so I went to the altar many, many times. And she would come around me and she was, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Sometimes I probably prayed like this. Or sometimes I, you but I know I should be there, and I know we should be there in the altar, and I, I wasn't all over, but she, she would get up, and she would, hallelujah. She would pray with me, and hallelujah. And there were times that everybody else got tired and went sat down, and there was Sister Woodliffe and myself, and she's, hallelujah. And there were times that I said, you know, if that woman would get out of my ear and, and quit saying hallelujah, and I can't even pray myself, and Lord, I need the whole hallelujah, you know, and I want to go hallelujah, and then I say, Lord, it's hallelujah, you know, and I thought to myself, if she would just get out of my ear, I think I could pray a little better, right? But I remember when God filled me with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, I, I started worshiping right off the bat. I mean, I had prayed and you know it was that thing you you kind of go to the altar like this and then you work somebody says raise your hands and so you raise your hands and then raise your hands and you raise your hands and then and then then tell Jesus you love him and you love him I love you I love you and they hold your head back and now lift your head up throw your shoulders up spit your gum out and you go through all of these things again 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 until finally this day I didn't do any of that I came straight down to the front threw my hands up in the air and I started praising God right off the bat Seemed like maybe 10 or 15 minutes, I don't know, but God filled me with the Holy Ghost and I bounced from here to there to there until finally I fell back across the pew over there and God filled me with the Holy Ghost and I began to speak in tongues for the first time and, and it was an amazing thing. I felt God just, just flowing through me and I know you know what I'm talking about. Guess what? The first person I hugged was Sister Woodliffe. I hugged her because there was a connection. It was like... Woo! Yeah, hallelujah, you know? And, and that's who we are. We are the body of Christ. We are the church of the living God. We are the mother. We are the one that's lifting that brother or that sister up. Praise God. It doesn't matter what's going on in their life. I'm not the judge. I'm not the one that walks up and says, well, if you did so and so, you know, you would. No, I'm the one to support. I'm the mom. I'm the lifter up. I'm the church of the living God. When my son was born, of course, he was young when he was born. And uh, he was not perfect, okay? And he would make mess-ups, and he would dirty his diapers up. And I would say, whoo, Renee, oh, my goodness. you got to, whoo, Mama, you got to take care of that. Whoo, I'm, I'm getting sick. Oh. You know, this is 
rough. I can't, I can't do this. I, I, I can't do Woo, Renee, you got to take care of that. And she would pick him up. She's all, oh, you little old poopy thing. You, you come here to me. And I just, you just take, you just, you, woo-hoo, you stink this time. And she just, woo-hoo, like she enjoyed that or something. Bless her heart. But the fact is, she was the mother. And you know what? As a church of the living God, when this place has a sinner man or a woman that comes to this altar of prayer, there's nobody in this church gets around them and say, oh, yeah, you bad, you've done, you, no, no. There's that, just like the presence of God underneath are the everlasting. marvelous light. And because we understand that, I want the best for you. I want the right way. And I know God is the one who is able to do that. We are the mother. We are the one that connects them to the living God. And I want to see that. I want to see our churches filled with people praising God and worshiping God because they've come out of darkness into marvelous light. The church is birthing these people. Amen? Amen. I remember a story as as a, as, as a young man growing up and the pastor preaching of a, of a, of a man of God who at that point uh, was, was a pastor, but in his uh, earlier days he had come back from the service, had come back and just the, the horrors of war were so overwhelming to him he could not fit back into society and PTSD is a new term. It wasn't probably even didn't understand that at that day. But but here he is coming back from the war and he was just bound and, and the, 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 the memories and just all the things that he had done and seen and it was just too much. He couldn't settle back down and he would want to run from that and his life was consumed, bouncing from bar room to bar room and from, from liquor store to beer joint and just in and out and in and out until finally he was destroying his life and he couldn't get a grasp on anything until finally he was so destroyed and distraught he he thought I'll just end it all because I don't fit anymore it's too late for me and so this man is headed toward home somehow but he he just hits that gas pedal and he says I'm going to cross that bayou and when I get to that steel bridge I'm just going to just hit it as far as I, hard as I can because I can't take this anymore he gasses that vehicle and he's headed for that steel bridge and he gets right up to the bridge and somehow the wheel just turns just a little bit and he flies through that bridge safely passing through it. To pull up into the driveway or to pull up in the, in the, 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 the driveway to their home to walk in the door and hear his mom laying on the floor pleading God to God, save my son. Lord, save my boy. Don't let him die lost. Communicating with God. And of course he did find God. And he's pastoring and all of those things. But the love of a mother that says, I'm not going to let go. 
I'm not going to let go. I'm going to keep holding on. That's the church of the living God today. Praise the Lord. And I want to tell you, if there's a voice in your ear that's telling you you can't make it, I'm telling you God's able, God will, and you've got faithful witnesses, and you've got the church of the living God that is lifting you up. Praise God. Let's give the Lord praise for a moment, if you would. Hallelujah. Revelation 5 and verse 8 speaks of the golden files filled with the prayers of the saints. There's prayers coming out of heaven right now, church, that's saying, you can make it. I'm praying for you. You can make it. This world is not going to hold you bound. You can make it. I'm praying for you. And those prayers are coming up as the odors coming before the throne of God. Praise the Lord for the church. And I'm coming to a close. The fourth thing is your will. The power of your will. So often we battle our will. It's that will that says, I want to do what I want to do and and takes you opposite or different away from the voice of God. It's that will of ours that we work hard and and say, oh, just, i got to get over this, or i got to do better, and then, but yet your will just keeps flaring up. And you, you, you struggle with that. But what if we could turn our will over to God to the point that my will and His will are together? We find in the Old Testament where they were building a tower this was a humanistic endeavor. This was an ungodly endeavor. They wanted to make a name for themselves. They wanted to be powerful. They wanted to lift themselves up. We ourselves will be up there with God. We're going to build this tower that reaches up into the heavens, right? And they did that. And the Lord said, I've got to come down and destroy this effort. Because they have, there's nothing that will be withheld from them which they have determined to do. In other words, they have made up their mind, this is what we're going to do. And the Lord himself recognized the power of the human will. I want to tell us today, if we could make up our minds to serve God with all of our hearts, all of our soul, all of our mind, and all of our strength. There is no flesh, there is no devil in hell, there's no obstacle, there's no evil spirit. There's nothing that can hold you back from the presence of God because you have made up your mind. Praise God. I'm going to tell you, this is a personal message to me because I fight just as everyone does. We fight things and we think, how, how can, I've got to get this all right back to ground zero again. Say, wait a minute, God, you are for me. I've got faithful witnesses that says I can make it. I've got the church of the living God that's lifting me up. And I've got this will that says it doesn't matter what happens. I am going to live for Jesus. Praise God. Won't you stand? God gave us a will. And it's something that He has allowed you to have it. And he's not, I mean, he can, God can humble us. God can humble us. But he says, humble yourself before the mighty hand of God. God's not wanting to humble you. He wants you to humble yourself. Because when you humble yourself before God 
and you surrender yourself to His capable hands, you are bringing great glory and honor to God. God is saying, you're doing that because you want to. I'm not making you serve me. You're doing it because you want to. And that's where God receives glory. So I pray that today in our dismissal, and if you want to gather around the front, I would invite you to do that. But I just want us to understand that there is an angelic host. And there is a power and there is a force. And there is a strength that's beyond ourselves, coming only from God, from divine source, from heaven above. And then there's something that God has still given us, and that is our human will. And that human will, God has given us the ability to turn our focus, just sheer determination that says, I am going to make it come what may. I'm going to give it all I got, and I'm going to do my best. Amen? Praise God. We live in a jungle. The world around us is truly that place. It is a jungle. And they said the law of the jungle, in the literal jungle, is like this. You got the gazelle and you got the lion. When the lion wakes up every morning, he says, I've got to find me the slowest gazelle and I'm going to have dinner or I'm going to have lunch or I'm going to have breakfast. And when the gazelle wakes up in the morning, he says, if I don't run faster than the slowest gazelle, I'm going to be lunch. I'm going to be dinner. So it doesn't matter when you're either a lion or a gazelle. When your feet hit the floor in the morning, you better be running. That's it. And in your relationship with God, if we think we can coast our way right on up into heaven, I'm sorry, folks. We better be giving it all that we've got. We've better be giving it all that we've got. And I'll tell you, heaven's going to be worth it all. When we hear Him call our name, well done, my good and faithful servant, whatever pressure, whatever stress, whatever running or reaching or whatever it is, God will reward you with an eternal love and and a grasp, a, a hold for eternity by the presence of the Almighty God. Hallelujah. Let's talk to Jesus for a moment. Lord, let your grace and mercy be in this room today, Lord. Let your goodness and mercy.